Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. My name is Sammy Warmhands. I am your host. And today we are going to be talking punk rock again. I have been hard at work with Dead Fucking Serious, working on our next album. And simultaneously, my friend Ellie has been in the studio with her band Iced. They're working on a new record and have a new tour coming up as well. So she brought along her co-writer, Jordan, and we're going to sit down and talk all about that. This is Iced. You and I were talking not long ago that we met longer ago than we thought. Um, yeah, at Jordan also at a yeah, the, Sandy's Acoustic oh my house, God. house show, and yeah. Jordan was you were, wild. You were doing some yeah. weird demonic... It was, uh, I like uh, barely acoustic. met Jordan at that point. Yeah, not going to lie. that uh, We kind of just like played that to like troll a little bit, <laughs> but it was an acoustic black metal set. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was supposed to be a comedy thing. Well, the thing that was funny is that you opened up with like that My Bloody Valentine yeah. song. Exactly. We opened up with My Bloody Valentine acoustic and we actually sang. And then the next song, we went and put on like robes and like masks. I was going to say, there was masks involved, right? Yeah, yeah, we had masks. Okay. I remember just like Sandy's dog humping Brittany like the whole time. She was was rolling around on the ground doing vocals and the dog just (laughs) jumped on her. I I think that it's true with most house shows, but I remember that one in particular that. If there is a dog, it always gets far more attention than whoever's performing mm-hmm. at the time. I was going to say, too, I think actually, if I remember, I think your brother took a video of this happening, and I'm pretty sure it's still on like Facebook somewhere. Probably. I know that the only reason it popped into my mind is because I was going through kind of the bottom of my YouTube channel a while ago, and um, I was like, oh, I remember that thing. I remember... I came in and, um, you know, I was the old guy in the room, as is now kind of the thing, I guess, in, in <laughs> our little scene. And uh, everyone was um, watching rap videos that made me sad inside. So I actually opened my acoustic set by rapping. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm going to watch this little clip. And both of you were in the shot. I was like, oh, weird. I kind of forgot that fucking happened. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, me too. Yeah, I, I like don't remember anything from that <laughs> night other than what you did. <laughs> like, I remember playing the set. I remember, I think it was Actions did their acoustic thing. I just remember Wade oh, and yeah. Um, yeah. Alex. I also just remember someone was full on wearing like a winter coat when there's no business for that. That like stands out in my mind. Third, third, <laughs> third, and final thing I remember is uh, we ate a lot of pretzels. And Levi brought like crazy bread. Yeah, I remember crazy there was frog. pizza involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so were you guys? And actually, I I, I pulled up some vomit violence stuff too because oh. that was the first thing that I remembered. Mm-hmm. You know that I associated you with. In my head, and maybe because of that time, I associated both of you with it. But I saw you were not credited on that release um you probably listened to the old really bad one okay yeah yeah so, so there was a there a was separate a, band camp yeah, for the album. yeah, there yeah. Was a, they either wanted to hide that release or they forgot the login info we forgot the login info because yeah. we we're gonna so delete it because it was not so i think there was like vomit violence one and then like vomit violence five four one the okay. five four ones ago and that's the five got, four one was like that's yeah. got like the multiple eps and like the split with like root dirt yeah stuff. five four one has all the stuff with me and then the the old thing was what Lewis 
Yeah. When, when uh, her brother was in the band, in the band, I remembered you in it, but I only went to you guys did like a, a farewell show twice, and then you, <laughs> yeah, and then and then I I missed it, and I was like, oh well, that's I guess I'm just never gonna see them, and then you guys did another farewell show, and I was like, oh shit, I can I can actually go to this. That's probably like the best promotional thing we've yeah. ever done. Well, actually, the, the 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 funny thing is that wasn't really our intention, like. We uh, we announced a farewell show and then got like within the couple days after that got asked to play like two other shows that we really wanted to play. Because well, we announced our farewell show <laughs> so that people would go see Vinkman, the touring band. Yeah, yeah, but we were gonna call it quits. But then we got asked to play a couple other shows, and yeah. then we we're like, okay, oh, well. now we need to do another farewell. A show. real last <laughs> yeah. one. Well, I, I remember from my perspective you know like when i was coming up you know and we were like a eighth graders and ninth graders and whatever and there was a huge disconnect between like the punk bands who were playing bar shows and the punk bands who were playing like little mm-hmm. house shows and 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 stuff like that and we started to bridge the gap here and there and some of those bands would start playing on our shows obviously we couldn't play on theirs yeah but uh i, I remember just feeling really uh, out of the loop, and I'd see your guys' flyers around, and so that was kind of like my last chance to check it out. But yeah, I, I remember showing up, kind of like we talked about the other day. You go to a show and you're 17, and mm-hmm. you roll with like five friends, and you meet up a bunch of other ones there. And I remember at that show at the Wandering Goat, I showed up alone. I kind of like said hi to a couple people that I yeah. recognized from the internet, but didn't actually know. And I just kind of stood in the back, and then I left when it was over. I feel like that's that's kind of my my place now mm-hmm. <laughs> in the scene. I spent too many years uh, rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably like completely just different people now. <laughs> yeah, and well, because you guys kind of came up in in like the gathering place, right? I mean, yeah, is that fair I, that's to say? where I started. out was the gathering. We place. never bomb violence ever played there because that that I feel like was kind of a transition where you have we were playing Granges and. Uh, High schools and and you know mm-hmm. all these shows that we were setting up, you know, occasionally Wow Hall or something like that. But then places started getting vandalized. You know, bathrooms graffitied, people bringing yeah. alcohol. Every spot gets closed down. We move around. Mm-hmm. We had Agate Hall for a little while, and the guys from Grounds for Assault were doing that. And that was that was like when when DFS started was oh six oh seven maybe oh eight that was happening. And then uh, I remember there was some more vandalism and and too many fights, and Agate Hall was was done, and uh, I feel like Gathering Place must have popped up around 08, 09 as kind of you had a few people from our scene and then some new faces, and it, it seemed like you know the Boreal and some of those mm-hmm. um, newer spots were birthed out of that yeah kind definitely. of transition. Yeah, the Gathering Place was kind of like a. Yeah new generation i suppose of everybody started coming out because everybody i feel like gathering place days everybody was like relatively young like majority of the people who were there yeah i noticed that right away i think i only played there once or twice just like opening sets Mm -hmm. um and uh it was crazy how already then i was like wow who are these bands who are these kids like where were you six months ago this is crazy so how long did vomit violence last then Probably like two years, something yeah, like that. I mean, that was that's the, kind of more thinking. or less that was your high school band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Not me, but them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm a little older. Yeah. But they practice at Ellie's mom's house 
Ellie was living at home, obviously, at the time she was in school. And I lived, like, a block away. And that's how I joined, basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the high school band. I remember Mr. Thomas asked if we'd play at North, but said we'd have to change everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like, censor the lyrics or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if we could just entirely tone the entire thing down. See, we, we <laughs> had like one member in our high school band who was not from our neighborhood. And so if we wanted to bust into a song that was like filthy. Like I remember we played Lunchtime at North. Crosby, who was our other singer, busted into uh, a family reunion, which was just 30 seconds of like Blink-182 had put George Carlin's uh, seven dirty words to music <laughs> and so uh you know we're in the middle of this lunchtime performance and there's teachers and kids everywhere and um you know crosby just starts with the shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker mother and and they're just like holy shit and they they couldn't figure out what to do because they didn't know how to operate the pa oh. and um and so what they ended up doing was the teachers grabbed the mic stands and like twisted them so they were pointing straight up in the air so we like we couldn't uh so we we couldn't be heard over the music mm -hmm. and i just remember him like on his tiptoes just like shit piss fuck cunt just like because um, he couldn't get suspended the, re mm -hmm. the rest of us had to play it a little safer but those were fun that's hilarious <laughs> so when did ice start coming together so to start out me and jordan were just planning on doing like a recording project for fun what was that probably like two years ago at this point wait when was the when was the demo released February, February 2016, of, I think. Yeah, but I think, yeah, that was when we actually recorded, but I think we started, like, we were just slowly writing stuff for fun. Like Yeah, for, like, a few months. On, I want to say even, like, longer than that. I almost want to say, like, since, like, spring 2015, maybe. Maybe. But, yeah. Well, and, were you guys together at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're spending a lot of time together. Yeah. Just, like, you just know. hanging out. Yeah. Hey, let's play Come, some songs. Coming up with some stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was you initially, son of a bitch. <laughs> initially supposed to just be like a recording project just to do for fun, pastime, whatever. Yeah. And then we posted it and people seemed to like it a lot more than we had thought when we started actually being like a real band, I suppose. What was the catalyst for, I mean, because at that time you were coming out of Vomit Violence as the bassist. Mm -hmm. You were the guitarist, right? Yeah. And then... Um, you started taking over drum duties as well, and we see you move over to vocals. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you still playing bass on those early songs? Or uh, yeah, well, yeah, I did bass on those recordings. Yeah, okay. just yeah, just for the just for the demo. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was the the thought behind the roles changing up? Yeah, previously I just played bass. That's all I knew how to do. Yeah. And it was easy. <laughs> and then I kind of just was like, huh, I kind of want to try something different. I mean, why not? And oh, it just seemed fun. Yeah. Honestly, minimal for, thought behind it for me. Just kind <laughs> of for, for, I mean, are you coming up with a lot of music at yeah, that point? Yeah, most, most of it. Was, and she's going, oh, I know what to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ellie definitely rocked, it, rocked out a few riffs on the demo. Mm -hmm. But most of it was kind of just, like, me writing and showing her stuff. And yeah. I haven't been playing drums for nearly as long as I've been playing guitar. So I want to keep, like, I don't know, making stuff and recording stuff and just, like, improving, obviously. So that was, like, one of the main reasons I wanted to. And then on top of that, like, 
trying to write music for vomit violence was just like not like happening for me really. Is that because you felt like you had to fit into their mold already, or is everything not inspired at that? It just time? everything. <laughs> just just it wasn't my band. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Traden's band, and so like everything I came came up with just like wasn't good for him or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too different or something. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to like write my own music basically. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie was interested in doing vocals, trying out doing vocals for a band for a while, and I think she just had something to say too, so it worked yeah. out well. I think that uh, I mean we've had a lot of conversations about this stuff and and what we want people to get out of our mm-hmm. music when they hear it. I mean, did you come into this thinking like, oh, well, this is going to be like a political band or like, oh, this is some shit that's happening that I really need to speak on? Because I know you're all about being responsible with your voice Yeah. when you have an audience. Did that just kind of happen or was that like, that's something you always look for in this type of music anyway? I guess in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'll do this for fun. But then once I was actually there, I was kind of like, there's a lot of things to be said and to be heard. And I feel like it's really important whenever someone is given said platform where people inevitably have to listen because you're just saying they're screaming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no choice in the matter for anybody to listen. But uh, you should use that platform to say something about something just because there's so much going on where there's no way you don't have, like, an opinion or, like, some kind of thing to spread, I suppose. Completely. And Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that, you know, we can rock shows together, being from, you know, slightly different generations of this scene and also having different viewpoints and stuff. Even there is overlap, but, like, I'm up there you know, singing all these anti-violence songs, and then you're coming up and going, well, fucking, you know, we got chains and bats, and, you know, we'll fucking beat a rapist to death in the back alley and shit. Um, But uh, I I think it's cool just because there's uh, kind of a respect for everyone to speak their Mm -hmm. piece in that. Yeah. Musically, I think you guys are super interesting. I like just the... um, the chords that you guys choose, it seems like there's a lot of... I like to add unnecessary flats and do like little chromatic things. We have probably different influences, but uh, you know, similar sensibilities in, the, in like the things that I'm picking out of, uh, of your riffs that are going like, oh, that's really... like I wish I had thought of that. What are your uh, influences and in how you come up with a riff and put that shit together? So I think the, the goal for just overall musically with Iced is to just mix our influence of, of like old punk and hardcore and like the newer stuff. That's why, you know, like most of the songs are like upbeat, fast D beat stuff. And then like every song has like some heavy part that's kind of like different, you know, um, as far as just like the actual like key or whatever, I just, I don't know. I'm down with anything that's chromatic and not just like typical, like, old school punk scales i guess yeah that's one of my favorite things is is to just make good fast riff it's simple it fits the format but then i'll like tweak this little that chord doesn't go there let's put it there (laughs) or that usually would go four times let's do it three and a half Mm -hmm. or you know those little things because i feel like in our kind of music when you're playing 45 second songs 60 Mm -hmm. second songs stuff like that 
um, <laughs> to make it interesting and to make it fun to play, I feel like is to kind of keep yourself and the audience guessing. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know a lot of the stuff that I write as a guitarist is straight 90s punk shit in the beginning. Yeah. And then you do all those little tweaks to it and, and um, you know, come up with something that's uh that's really different but I, yeah I, I dig your guys music in that that regard and you never go like metal heavy but you'll have these cool like halftime you know two-step parts and whatever yeah um, do you feel like the the new record you're working on now is similar to the the demo or is this a a, a total departure for you guys it, i'd say it's definitely similar but there's also uh, like vibes and styles we utilize in the new material that wasn't done in the demo. It's a, definitely along the same lines. I don't think anyone's going to hear any of the new material and be like, wow, this sounds like a different band. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, there's this part here and there that's like something we didn't do last time, like that kind of thing. Have you tried this stuff out live or is it going to be mostly fresh to people? Songs, <laughs> there's right? yeah there's been one song that we've been playing for a minute now that people have heard live another song that we've also been playing for a little while not quite as long but then yeah then everything else is new the the other new stuff is new like as in we haven't played it yet yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you guys are coming up with stuff i mean are you like recording practices and kind of building parts or is it pretty much you write it all in one sitting and, do, you know, do everything together? Or, I mean, um, basically what, what happens for writing music is I'll just sit there and just, I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll come up with consecutive parts that end up working out, but usually what it is is I'm just like writing riff by riff and I, I just like record every like little riff I come up with that I like on my phone and then like try to piece it together from there. Nice. We actually mm -hmm. don't do like any like, writing like at rehearsal or anything like that really i'll come up with stuff josh will show me riffs that he came up with and then i'll like fit both of our stuff into like one song yeah mm -hmm. yeah i feel like we're similar in that i, I for me writing is very solitary yeah it's, it, it happens it's, when it happens i mean yeah it's been like two, what almost two years now since we put out the demo <laughs> and like it's not like we're doing a crazy amount of new material we take I don't know. I take a lot of time with it, mm -hmm. and I think uh, trying to like force myself to write in like a in a practice setting with other people just doesn't work out too great most of the time. So I'd rather just like kind of work on it when I'm actually feeling inspired instead of just trying to like force a song to come out writing directly with other people. I even think that that's weird in the context of of recording. Like that's spoken as someone who uh, we're sitting in my studio uh, i the fact that i have this at my disposal means that anytime i have an idea i can come out and work on stuff mm -hmm. and i feel like the idea of having to okay we're all going to plan some time to get together and write yeah. is really tough in the yeah. same way that like okay we're all going to plan some time to book at a studio to go in and we're going to do our best performance of this song <laughs> that particular hour of that day yeah, yeah. You know, like it's so hard to capture that shit you know, when it's planned. So I like the very almost piecemeal approach of, you know, you write the thing when you're feeling it, you put it down when you're done. And if it takes six months to turn that into a song, then maybe it's better for it. Yeah. When we're working, like trying to write all together, 
sometimes it's hard to take it seriously. Yeah, we like, definitely just get, <laughs> if I'm being honest, just fucking around after yeah. a certain well, point because you can't the, yeah. force something that's not there. Yeah, exactly. Like so. any anytime I come up with like any song is like when I'm actually feeling like inspired or right. And you can't necessarily just like create that feeling in like one instant. Yeah, you, know you can't just I mean? like pencil that in and expect that it'll happen yeah so it's like when we like yeah we've come up with riffs together and like stuff made it into songs but we've never just like sat there and wrote a a song together or anything like that i feel like it kind of just has happened like i know you and josh have kind of brought things to the table and then we'll go to practice and guys will kind of mess around with it figure out what well, well, how things should go as opposed to what is going. If that yeah, makes sense. kind of like yeah, arrangements in a collaborative mm-hmm. environment is 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 really great. Yeah, it's kind of like holding up a mirror to your to your idea and going, all right, guys, this is what I've got, and you get a couple of well, what about? And it's usually better for having the the added input at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I mean that's similar to recording, and you know, and your producer says, oh, well, try this instead or you know shorten that chorus and do this or whatever and you know sometimes those little changes after the fact can really elevate it but they're not necessarily integral to the writing process you know necessarily yeah um, so you guys are working with um is his name colin hicks is colin yeah. hicks yeah um how's Great that going man. it's been going awesome mm-hmm. it's been really enjoyable recording with colin he's just like really chill and relaxed yeah. We're done with all the instruments and we just got to lay down like vocals mm-hmm. and then just has to be mixed and mastered and it's ready. Now, where are you at musically in this process? I mean, are you strictly lyrics in in this capacity now? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, you're playing a lot of the parts yourself. Yeah. So obviously the drums or me and then (laughs) and we're going through we're going on to our fourth bassist now who is a very quick learner but also like we didn't want to just i don't know force him to like learn everything really fast and then record his bass parts so um i did the the bass on the recordings okay so i know that uh you guys are going in this weekend because you're taking a day off yep (laughs) yeah um i think dropping in the springtime is that right yep yeah. yeah, our plan is to do it in March. Mm-hmm. How many songs do you have? It's seven total. Yeah, um, five new and then two from some of the party favorites from the demo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, two re-records. <laughs> is that just stuff you felt like you didn't quite get it the first time? or No, more so. Well, I mean, we kind of just wanted to... That is, like, I guess, a, one of the classic influences is just that classic re-record material formula but but mainly just because we chose our two favorite songs Mm -hmm. like the ones we think are the best from the demo and obviously the the demo is recorded in my garage this is recorded with nice equipment in like a soundproof room and whatever else you hadn't played any shows at that point right no no the the, the demo was like yeah it was just us at the time yeah so we just kind of wanted to take those two songs that we really like and just redo them and just make them sound a lot better through Colin. Especially for me because, well, I hadn't done vocals before when we did the demo, and that was already me practicing and learning yeah, the songs yeah. via recording. And, and you were sick. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> fucking sick the whole time. We had this uh, uh, record we did in high school where the 
our band was breaking up and we were trying to record um, to kind of Yikes. capture everything, you know, be, <laughs> before we all kind of went our separate ways. And we were in such bad terms with our singer that um, he came for the scratch tracks, like when we uh, recorded drums. And then we never saw him again. And so, <laughs> and he was sick that day. And so the only points he's on the record are his congested scratch tracks uh, from the drum session. And the funny thing is, when it came out, everyone's like, wow, his voice sounds so much better on this. <laughs> Did you use it? Yeah, we used it. That's we used it. I mean, we played like one show after that as like a farewell slash, you know, CD release party yeah. or something. Uh, well, I think we did one in one in Roseburg and one in Eugene. But um, so you guys went on a summer tour. Yeah. How did that go? Great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, a, it was lot. a lot. Of fun. Like I don't know. That's why I'm like so like I don't know really excited to go again because I felt like I like couldn't get enough of the situation. Yeah, it wasn't long enough. Yeah. <laughs> How far did you guys go? It was like a a week or ten days. It was like, like ten days. Nine or ten days. I'm trying out. to think of what the, the furthest place the, was. So Reno? I'll just or I don't know. The route was Eugene, Portland, Tacoma, Seattle, Boise, Salt Lake, Reno, mm, Salt Lake. Chico. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe like Salt Lake is probably the furthest. Yeah. Or Boise. I don't even know. How was that? I kind of hate Utah. Salt Lake? Um, <laughs> I've never really had good experiences out there. Salt Lake was cool. We have, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have, I don't know, we know some really nice people from there. Actually, yeah. one of the, it was, it was cool because uh, the band Lubed from Salt Lake were like friends with the people in that band. And like, we went out and played there and then just like, what, a month later, they came to Eugene yeah. and played. Oh, weird. So, so it was like pretty cool just like meeting these people and like becoming friends with them. And then they came to Eugene like mm-hmm. so soon after. Yeah, and they set us up with a pretty cool show. Is that like a real venue and whatnot? Yeah, it's a, well, yeah I was going to ask, because uh, <laughs> this is the first time in, in a long time for me that booking tours with DFS, we wind up with actually like a percentage of shows are house shows, which, uh, you know, is like nostalgic for me. It's so so, mm-hmm. so long ago, but uh, it seems like uh, that's, that's still more so the norm. In the yeah. punk community, is that what you guys were mostly experiencing? Okay, it's I like, was actually surprised because, well, I feel like between playing Eugene and Portland a lot, it's like only houses or like weird shit that's not necessarily like a venue. Yeah, other places have venues apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's a thing in other places. Like, it's not not we Oregon, only played one house. Ha- we played two houses. We played a house in Seattle, and we played a house in Portland, and that's it. And then, yeah. Well, unless we consider that that place that that man lived a house, but that wasn't a house. He just yeah. The Boise (laughs) show was like kind of a house show, but it was not. It was like some guy's birthday and that no one knew. Yeah, (laughs) but it was. But we played in his like new like recording studio. That's where the show was. It was cool, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of... That was the only other thing that was close to a house. The house in Seattle is really cool. Because mm-hmm. it was like a real legit, like, speakeasy. Like, they're, like, doing, like, illegal bartending and stuff. <laughs> huh. But in the basement, which yeah. is actually pretty sick, just to see. <laughs> yeah, there was a Portland spot like that a few years back. God, I can't think of the name. We had played there. It was, like, a summertime show. And we'd go down to the basement, and they had, like, a legit full... 
like bar built in that thing. Yeah, that's what I was, I was like. Like, like what we saw fuck? it. And yeah. I thought it was just like, you know, a part of the building. But then, no, they're like selling drinks they, and stuff to yeah, people. They were actually cool. selling stuff there. Sweet. So you guys have got a, a, a plan to hit the road again for this record? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in March, <laughs> we haven't said anything okay. yet publicly. All right, but that's, you don't that's, have to. Spill, no, it's okay. Spill it yet? It's okay. We can. We might as well just say something here. I mean, it's it's gonna be spring break forever. Yeah, <laughs> we're going with some buddies. Yeah. this time around. Yeah, basically, uh, just. Am I allowed to say that much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. <laughs> it's a spring break tour going south this time. It's basically a California tour. We're going to like. Six different places in California. Well, dude, that's that's the way to book because California, you can easily play a week in there without yeah. having to drive eight hours oh, in between yeah. cities. Dude, I'm that so stoked so because every like drives like two hours apart. Yeah, like I think I think honestly, our longest drive might be the first drive, which is just Eugene like, to Chico, yeah. and we're going we're going with our friends Defy from Chico. So you're kind of starting with their hometown. Yeah. Mm. So the plan. When is the when is the Chico show? March fifteenth. March fifteenth. Okay, so and then, so that's a Chico show. The weekend before that, we're just gonna play Eugene in Portland, and it's gonna be like a little tour kickoff slash album release, nice slash merch release slash Ellie's zine. Oh, cool thing! So yeah. there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Uh, tell me about the zine. I know that's been in the works for a while. It was a lot of trial and error since. Well, it took a long time. First time. I, first time. I don't have a computer, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll <laughs> do it all by hand. This is easy. I make flyers by hand." <laughs> well, I was fucking wrong. <laughs> but lots of trial and error. Lots of just. Um, a lot of people saying that they had content that they just never, they kind of ghosted on. So I had to do a lot of like last minute creating content. But personally, I like really enjoyed the experience. I thought it was really fun and like, I don't know, kind of a cathartic experience, if you will. When's part two coming out? Oh, God. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, I mean, it's it's heavy content. Mm-hmm. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, it was also very emotionally exhausting to be kind of contributing just so much time just like talking about you know sexual assault and abuse and then also i mean i did have people submit their stories to me and just like you know you're just spending a lot of time with each person's submission each person's content and like i guess thinking about all of it it's like a forensic analyst who's got to look at murdered people all day or something it's (laughs) like has to take some kind of a toll yeah um but also feel you know a little bit gratifying in the way that it's you know it's celebrating survivors yeah definitely i'm really excited to release it um it's been done for a hot minute here however i felt like uh how do i say i couldn't just put it out yeah i had to wait for yeah you, you know some, some kind, kind of event. event so yeah i'm gonna be releasing it with um our album release slash tour kickoff just because it seemed appropriate when I put it out, there will be donations going towards sexual assault support services, which is also what we're going to do with um, the EP when it's done. We're going to have um, it up on Bandcamp for a pretty low price, and half the donations will go to them, too. So what's the zine called? It's called We Claimed Our Bodies. 
Have we announced the the name of the record yet? Uh, it's a song that already exists. Okay, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. The diehards will know. And the song's not iced. Oh, okay. <laughs> we no self title. We weren't that lazy with it. <laughs> it's a slogan at this point. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. We set the march goal. And we just wanted to make sure we had everything that we already had planned done by then. And mm-hmm. then, you know, whatever we think of next will happen next. In all fairness, we had come to the perfect conclusion, but I was like, damn, this is kind of a short episode. And so I was just like, well, shit, is there any fucking thing else? To talk about anything. I, I'm so used to talking to uh, uh, my friends who are like, all right, so 15 years ago when you started, let's go back there. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, all right, so this band started two years ago. Uh, what yeah. do we got? I'm trying to think. I'm old, mm-hmm. people. I'm old. The new, new bassist is our friend Kenny. I've known him for like seven or eight years now. Been playing music with him forever. And I know he's a dedicated and serious musician and mm-hmm. he's down to do shows and tours and whatever else so hopefully it's lasting and that's the biggest thing yeah. is like you could find a friend who can play the music and and hang but to find someone who's in it enough yeah, yeah especially when yeah. it's not their project when it's your project it's really hard to find people who care about it as much as you do and actually want to commit and sacrifice the time and sometimes the money in, in going on a road, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, and and supporting the record. So I, I think that's cool that you found uh, not only a friend but somebody who's been out before and like, oh yeah, dude, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. he's been on. I'm really glad he like just knows what's up because well, yeah, touring like as much as it is fun and all that stuff, it fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he like he's. I mean, uh, he's currently in a uh black metal ish band called Polorian and they did did like full US and like European tour within the past year. Nice. So like he's had more road experience with than any of us. So I think that will also help just like this will be a nice little break for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll have more fun on our tour, just like <laughs> driving two hours to the next city all throughout California. And then like, having time to hang out. I feel like he'll, he'll have stuff to offer us though, too. Just like his knowledge, just mm-hmm. do, doing this kind of stuff a lot more than we've been able to. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Every time you go out with, somebody different i mean and last time you guys were basically out by yourselves right yeah yep. so Just i mean us. yeah i mean anytime you go out with somebody different like you've all had uh, different experiences out there and it's such a it's such a shit show you never know what's going to happen and so those hard lessons learned being passed on by somebody else is fucking awesome every mm-hmm. time yeah so we can look forward to that starting uh march 15th just to re- reiterate come to the shows and donate to Ellie Zine. All of the proceeds for that are going to be going to SAS, which is Sexual Assault Support Services. And <laughs> I think for what the plan is, is we're doing the, the uh, Eugene and Portland show. We're just going to have our, our tapes there for sale. The shows are Friday, Saturday. So that Sunday, the new release will go up online. It will probably start at like 2 or $3, name your price. And 50% of the whatever we make off that will be going to SAS as well. 
I love Ellie's face during this as you're laying it out and she's like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, I was like, Sunday, but I was like, oh, wait, well, that makes I, sense. I said, like, yeah, Sunday because the shows are Friday, Saturday. Yeah, makes way more sense. So the people who were there in person get the shit early. Yeah, the people, mm-hmm. if you go to those the release shows, you can get grab our tape mm-hmm. or not, honestly, and just wait and buy <laughs> it on Bandcamp so we can donate your money. Shout out to Colin, have him record. Oh yeah, shout out, shout out to Colin. Seriously, uh, Catatonic Studios, Colin Wait. Hicks on Facebook. Beefs it up. I'm gonna delete all this part. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, also, also Sam records stuff. <laughs> I don't know uh, what's your studio called here. It doesn't oh. matter. I don't want to record. You, whoever's listening, I don't want to record your band. Okay, hit up Colin. Don't even think about hitting up Sam. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> no. I'm slightly jealous. I wanted to work with Iced, but I, I don't. I don't want to record your band. Whoever's listening, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, Colin. He um, is a good man at a good price. He's got a wood stove. He does have a wood stove. You'll see a lot of deer on your way to his house. See some titties on the wall. I could yes, from lots. the videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <all>. Jordan got <laughs> mad got at me because I like zoomed in on <gasps> like a picture from the ice page. I don't want it was that. a picture of like a woman with her vagina spread. He was like, "You're gonna get banned." Well, like if you do that on <laughs> oh, your own I don't page, think I saw that one. Oh. If you do it on your own page, you know. I don't care, but I just didn't want to. Don't wanna, block the band. I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want to get the band page blocked. Okay, n- no one, no one reported it. <laughs> vagina woman on the wall was fine yeah but algorithms though can it detect that <laughs> yeah, uh i guess i don't know is about there a Insta- program that's like labia detected i'm honestly not sure about instagram or at least as far as their, like the story system goes but facebook does huh yeah you can't get banned on facebook for just posting something and no one reports it that's crazy yeah yeah they just like detect certain things huh they're always watching fair enough <laughs> all right well, kids, remember that. Don't show your vag on Instagram. Wait, no, you can on Instagram. Uh, you can Not on Instagram, Facebook. apparently. Well, I mean, you can <laughs> if the people who follow you don't report it. Just make a Twitter. Well, there you go. Anything goes there. The moral of the story is if you're going to post your vag or someone else's vag who's on the wall of the studio <laughs> you're at, do it on Twitter. Not Tumblr, though. Uh, yeah. Moral of the story is if you're on Tumblr, just post feet pics. Ooh. That's weird. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not, no. No. <laughs> I'm still wondering about that entire situation. Have you heard with Tumblr, they like banned like all porn. Yeah. But adult th- content. All adult content, but what about the gray area of just feet, feet? pics? I mean, technically, <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, if, if you have a weird, you know, fetish for ice cream cones or something <laughs> they're not going to remove a like a normal non-sexual item just because you know Rudy's over there in his bedroom jacking off presented. to it like you know? <laughs> like if there's a picture of an ice cream cone on like satin sheets dude ice cream cones are pretty hot <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't know man uh, I, have you ever just looked at a nice cone <laughs> nice cone. it's a nice cone <laughs> My dog's got a nice cone right now. Aww. Aww. <laughs> the, the unison awe. <laughs> One thing that I, I forgot to ask was um, I used to be in this band where um, I was just the bass player. The, the creative team was my friend Eric and my friend Jory. They've been a couple for as long as I've known them, for 20 years or something. Eric wrote most of the music. Jory was the vocalist, and uh, it was called Jory and the Push. 
they had like super cool music. I I like, dude, anything that you need when you take this on stage, like let me be in the band, you know. So I wound up playing the bass in the band, and uh, that was super cool. And and I loved playing with those guys. But I feel like it's such a rare, awesome thing to be able to like be creative with the person that you're involved with. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? been like for you guys is it like an added layer of like on you know i already live with this person now we see him at practice and like <laughs> i'm mad at the fucking dishes from earlier or is it like uh or is it like an, a, a cool it really stresses ex- us out we <laughs> fight know? a lot okay just kidding actually it's pretty cool it's really easy because well i don't know i feel like it's like why not just hang out and do the thing with like your best yeah. friend basically like yeah i mean we were i mean before we were a couple we were already in a band and we were already like best friends and hang out all the time because we mm-hmm. lived literally a block away yeah so it's not i don't know it's I don't familiar. Think it's like, yeah it's like a familiar familiar thing and it's like we always say this we like playing music because it's not regular life stuff yeah. so i mean if we're like I mean, we never really fight or get mad at each other it's in like general. It's like stupid shit. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> if there is ever anything we're annoyed about or something before practice, we can just push that aside and just play and have fun. I always encourage people in relationships to have like, have your own passions and have your, your things that you're that you're going after and not like just rely on your partner as your mm-hmm. only, your, or your relationship as your only source of, of satisfaction or something. But um, I think it's, it's it's a rare thing where you guys actually have the same goals, the same, literally the same project, yeah, you know, passion project. I mean, that's, that's that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it works out well because, I mean, we we like playing music together. I thought touring was really fun. Immediate and bed privileges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the, and great the other thing band too. members are like. We're all sleeping in the same room. Like you guys, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> mainly, mainly the cool thing is this: if, if it's like you know, we get somewhere like our friend's house, and they're like, "We have one bed." It's like obviously it's our bed, you know. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like why? Why would our <laughs> why would our bandmates take that? You know. <laughs> I just claim it because I'm a dick. I'm like, dude, I'm the driver. <laughs> I need my sleep. Fuck off. It's mine. But mm-hmm. but no, to to go back, I think uh, it works well because it's like, yeah, we, we've been playing in bands together for a long time, going to shows together or whatever. We listen to a lot of the same music. But then at the same time, we do have other like hobbies and stuff that we don't share. Yeah. yeah. The band is just like one of the fun things we do together. You know, if we want to do our own thing, we also have other stuff going on. Also, I mean, for me, I'm glad that I have like uh, a, a, a couple of creative partners in the different groups that I'm in that I've known forever. And so we have a shorthand. We have a chemistry. We mm-hmm. kind of know yeah. what the other person means in very few words. Like, do you feel like creatively it's it's a benefit as opposed to working with someone that you're not as, as tight with? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think when it comes to, like, creative decisions, like, while we're recording, for instance, if we do one thing in – like we usually kind of like bounce opinions back and forth. Like, what do we mm-hmm. think of this part? Like, we I don't know. We usually kind of like think the same thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> me and Jordan are like ninety percent of the time on the same page. Like, musically, creatively, and like plan wise in regards to the project. Yeah, which makes it very nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it, it, you have a lot of personalities in any group, mm-hmm. and I feel like more often than not, it comes to one person. Because we were talking about buy-in, you know, people who are 
they want to play, they want to hang out, but maybe mm-hmm. they're not as invested. Yeah. yeah. And so you'll have another person who has to then be the one responsible for booking and recording and promoting, mm-hmm. you know, and we talked about that as something that's important to you guys is, is actually like branding it and putting the music out there. And so to have 50% of the band yeah. unified on that yeah. is probably super helpful. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we want to involve our bandmates in everything and every like thought we have and decision we make, but you know, we're not like with them nearly as much as we're with each other, so we're always just like talking about the band and ideas and just bouncing things off of like one another. And then if we come up with like a cool idea, that's when we bring it to the group chat or whatever. We like <laughs> group chat. Yeah, the group chat. <laughs> Everyone has a group chat, right? Yeah. I fucking hate group chat. What? <laughs> Can't do it. Group chat's a party. I, no, I don't like my phone blowing up. But like, like if, if I get oh. a message from from like someone in a group context, I will break out of that and respond to them directly. So I am not another notification that has nothing to do with like five other people who are on there. (laughs) Like I I fucking hate them. I just, I like the group chat for band stuff just because it's an easy way to, to have everyone in one place. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I'm sure that that's right. I'm just so used to being operating as a two piece in mine. So like for me, I'm not thinking of like practicality. I'm thinking like, God, that's so fucking annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think like family group chat, shit like that, you know? Yeah. I think like generally like, uh, musically, artistically, whatever, our, our our bandmates kind of like almost expect us to just kind of like make the decisions about things. But obviously like we still bring everything by everyone else and, uh, when it comes to stuff like shows and stuff, we have to ask, you know, mm-hmm. like there's certain things we've kind of just like ideas and stuff we've come up with and we're just like, yeah, like we want to do this. But then, you know, that's one thing I do really like about Josh and Kenny is that they heavily trust our instinct and sort of ability to decide if something's a good idea or not. Yeah. Which is nice. Like f- shirt designs we're working on. Mm-hmm. Album art. Stuff like that. Who's making your album art? I basically designed it, <laughs> um, but then I'm basically having someone with actual Photoshop skills in an actual computer recreate it so it can be of high quality. Because, I mean, I like I Photoshopped and did everything we needed to do on my phone, but just putting it through phone applications just like it murdered the quality yeah just it yeah. it just does not look good and if it was just a j card and just digital it would be fine but we don't know what else we want to do with it maybe it'll end up on a sh- merch maybe we'll have i don't know cds vinyl in the future i don't know floppy so like discs. floppy disks <laughs> Dude, no joke i have a friend who released the cd in a floppy disk oh yeah Ooh. yeah it exists <laughs> don't give us ideas Wait, but who was doing it? Yeah, the dude's name is Dustin Pilkington. He's in a band called Total Abuse. They're really sick. Mm-hmm. Are they from here? No, uh, he lives in Texas. Texas. Oh, we actually met him. I was like, I liked that band for quite a while before I ever knew this dude. But uh, we met him through uh, VHS collectors groups on Facebook. Nice. There was a random thread in one of those groups where it's just like, who in here makes music? Like post your stuff for fun. And then like 
You're the only he, two hardcore bands in the in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, well, maybe. I think like actually a lot of VHS collectors seem to like punk and metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just kind of like goes hand in hand a little bit, like especially like metal and horror movies. Oh yeah, meaning you like things from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just you know nostalgia stuff for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically. He posted his link, and I was just like, whoa, like, I like your band. I mean, it's not like I'm, like, super close to him, talking to him all the time, but we bought tapes from him a couple times. And then I think uh, maybe a week ago, I I saw him make a post that was just like, bands, let me make your album art. Posted, you know, 10 pictures of stuff he's done, and I was like, okay, like, he has some art skills, Photoshop skills. I need someone to just make this thing, so I just like message him. I've had other artists tell me like the best thing you can do is give them very clear expectations. Oh yeah, yes. because the worst thing you can do is go. Well, well I don't know. How yeah. about you know? Mm-hmm. Let me know what you come up with, and then like veto all their shit. Yeah, you know, and change everything. It's like if if I'm reaching out to somebody, usually I have an exact like. Here's my mock-up like you've done. Yeah. Or or here's a couple references and a description and the title and like, you know, work with this so they can actually make the thing that's in your head instead of going through this whole back and forth process. So I'm sure that he appreciates you doing that. Yeah. Can you make this better? He definitely knows exactly what we want. Same thing with our shirt designs. We've uh, basically made a, a shitty version on our own mm-hmm. and then sent them over. And I think I like working with other people and there's like certain tiny details where I'll be like, hey, if you have like artistic input on this, then like I'm down to see it. But like exactly. overall, I want to tell someone exactly what we want. So it's like not only do we have the uh, mock-up that I had already made that I'm just like, do just make this again, but just in Photoshop, high quality but also they have the other band's art. Well, and you're giving them the stealing. parameters where you can uh, <laughs> improvise. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of stolen art, you had a an incident with that, didn't you? Oof. It wasn't anything major. It was a, basically our friend... You don't have to name names in this part. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's cool. It was, a, it was our friend that made it, and they, they just like Googled whatever and kind of just like copied something mm-hmm. from Google that happened to be... Something that was actually made by like a current artist that's posting their stuff on yeah. Tumblr. That's basically what happened, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like it got solved very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm just we like, just... just kidding. We still need art. Yeah, <laughs> and then a like, bunch of people hit me up. So. They they kind of just like did it without like think or, like realizing like oh wait this is like a thing someone like recently made and it's like mm-hmm. advertising on their page and they have a lot of followers or whatever else. So yeah, we just we just had to have it remain. A lot of punk art, especially flyers and stuff, is found photos chopped together and yeah, mm-hmm. collage art and stuff like that. And so, got to be a little bit careful in what you what you're sampling mm-hmm. yeah. for that shit. You know, I, I have to I think of that stuff in music all the time. It's like working on a record that has sample heavy beats. It's like, well, all this shit goes on the internet now, so. I mean, I'm pretty much taking whatever I want, but if there's like a big, obvious, famous thing that you're using, a well-known yeah. um, section, you got to at least 
disguise it and do something different with it so it's not yeah you know, a carbon copy it's there's you know. especially because i feel like just like right now in hardcore at least from like that's just a big thing to just make shape like almost complete rips of something familiar mm-hmm. like well our pins like the icy logo <laughs> yeah, yeah like like <laughs> see i I would like to see a shirt out of that because, you know, I want to rock an iced shirt that doesn't have a gun on it, personally. That's my style. And I get ices when I go to the theater. You know, so, Wait. You know. The first shirt doesn't have a gun on yeah, it. Yeah, it does. A nail gun. A nail gun does not count. still a okay. gun nonetheless. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was just thinking I'd seen two in a row where I was like, oh, they got a new... That's uh, okay. <laughs> I know one of the new shirt designs... Does not have a weapon. Yeah. Right? One yeah, of them, one of them. The short sleeve. But it's also... Well, that one's not it's done also yet. Got but it's, a, it's also got that vagina picture on it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta be. That's the whole shirt. It's just that, and it just says iced, and, you know, we spent four months working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but actually, though, with that uh, shirt design, the short sleeve, that's one thing that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier, like... We gave um, the artist like such a clear idea of what was going on. Where I was just, like, he sent it back to me. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, like literally, just change the, this one thing. The, the <laughs> only thing we were like, maybe you can mess with this thing is like the font for some text. Mm-hmm. We were interested in just seeing a couple different fonts, like whatever they thought would mm-hmm. look good. Otherwise, we're like, this is exactly what we need. Basically, exactly the same thing with the long sleeve. Actually, it's a front and back, front back and sleeve designs. That we all knew exactly what we wanted for, except for on the back design, there's a, a little quote, and we wanted decorated with something, and we weren't sure uh, what like font or anything or how we wanted it decorated. We ended up just using like kind of the same font, but the the artist like added something really cool to it. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're a little bit early now. Uh, for the record, if you guys had something, I would normally like drop. Okay, you guys can hear the fucking song, but uh, I think we're yeah. gonna have to play some old shit right now to get people ready because uh, it's still still happening, still tinkering. Almost there. Yeah, almost. All right, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. There's fifty some episodes behind us. We got plenty more on the way. Punk rock, hip hop producers you can check out iced with defy on their spring tour starting march 15th they're hitting chico oakland santa cruz san luis obispo bakersfield los angeles las vegas reno and sacramento we're gonna play a cut off their first demo while we wait for the new shit to get mixed and mastered this one's called don't mean shit <laughs>